0: Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Every serious philosopher should realize that Hegel was the outcome of the German idealist movement that Kant had begun. Dialectic, Zeitgeist, the end of history. The philosophy of Georg Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, one of the most profound thinkers of the 19th century. It's Hegel's view that the human spirit in history is both trying to realize its idea of itself, and in the process of that, it changes what it is. Hegel, profound and obscure. Hegel's famous saying was that the rational is actual and the actual is rational. He thinks even human bad behavior plays a rational role in history. Our guest is Alan Wood from Stanford University. You could say that for Hegel, history ends in the present.
1: The Philosophy of Hegel, coming up on Philosophy Talk. After the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 KALW, local innovative public radio for San Francisco.
0: But we're continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. And from that
1: oasis of thought, they migrate to this oasis of the air, and from the air to the Internet via our blog, you don't know what kind of oasis that is, is—the blog.philosophytalk.org and now you can listen to the best of Philosophy Talk anytime, anywhere, by downloading one of our podcasts. So, John, we're going to talk about Hegel today. I hope you're an expert on Hegel, because my uh, acquaintance with Hegel is,
0: well, sparse. Let's well, put it that way. Ken, you're going to be disappointed. I think we need to be honest with our listeners. We're not going to do our usual job of brilliantly setting up the whole show, drawing on our vast knowledge of all aspects of the problem concerned, because you and I were educated in graduate school at a time and in places where Hegel was not much taught or much thought of. We were taught in analytical places, and Hegel was, you know, the... the, uh, the Antichrist of Analytical Philosophy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you
1: know, Richard Rorty has, has this remark. I don't, I don't know what it means exactly, but he says the problem with Analytical Philosophy, the kind that you and I uh, uh, cut our teeth on, is that we're stuck in a Kantian moment, and the great thing about the literary critics is that they've advanced to a Hegelian moment. And uh, Maybe Alan Wood, our guest, can explain that to us. But, you know, I have to tell you something else, though. I'm writing this big book on normativity, and I go around giving talks on it, and people tell me that I'm a Hegelian. So I don't know what they mean by that, but I've, I've, I've decided that I'm going to devote myself to understanding Hegel for part of my summer.
0: Well, I I think that's good, and I'll, I'll go you halfway. I'm going to actually buy a copy of The Phenomenology <laughs> of the Spirit and leave it around to read when I've got really important things to do. And oh, that's <laughs> part of your structured procrastination. <laughs> structured there. procrastination.
1: But I, I, do, I do think there are a lot of important ideas in Hegel. I mean, this view about history and the development of consciousness, the the growth and decay of normative community over time, and you can tell a historical narrative about that, and the way ideas come about and change and converge on something kind of true and deeper and more absolute. I mean, he has got lots of ideas, you know, and he, and he did influence lots of Subsequent philosophers, not just continental philosophers, but the pragmatists are in one way kind of hegel Hegelians in a certain sense
0: well, you know if you think about our colleague richard rorty's remark it's it's kind of thrilling to think of this coming hour as as that moment in our our development of analytical philosophers where we go from being stuck in about seventeen eighty nine <laughs> when Kant <laughs> wrote the critique re- of and get updated to i don't know what eighteen or 10 or whatever it was when Hegel wrote The Phenomenology of the Spirit. Uh, many people would say we're still a little bit behind the times, but at <laughs> any rate, to make this huge transition from being stuck in, to stuck in Hegel, I hope, I hope that we have some experts to help us.
2: Well,
1: Alan's going to help us, and our roving philosophical reporter went on and talked to someone who knows a lot about both Hegel and history, and history. She files this report.
3: Hegel's one of the more difficult philosophers for people to understand. According to John McCumber president of the Hegel Society of America, everyone views Hegelian philosophy differently, even members of the Hegel Society.
2: He's been defined as Aristotle plus mediation, and what that means is that Aristotle has this huge encyclopedic system. not just philosophy, it encompasses biology and and, uh, politics and all kinds of things. Hegel has taken over a lot of that content, but the modern side of Hegel is that he develops each part of it out of the previous parts. So the more complex parts, such as uh, a a political society, will presuppose his discussion of biology and chemistry and things like that. So he's tried to relate everything together into this huge, uh, enormous uh, philosophical system, probably the largest that anybody's ever actually created.
3: McCumber is also a professor of Germanic languages at UCLA. He told me that Hegel is as much a philosopher of language as anything.
2: He's talking about words. He's not doing philosophy of language the way it's done today, which is focuses on you know, sentences, but he's talking about lexicographically. He's talking about the words that we use. He's trying to provide definitions. And I think that's really what he sees absolute knowledge as being. It's the only thing that we can, that won't surprise us because we stipulate the meaning. But anything else in the world can surprise us because we'd never know anything fully.
3: I asked him how Hegel saw history.
2: My general view is a highly de reified view, he thinks that history is a learning process in which ideas are tried out, you know it's kind of Darwinian, there's hundreds of ideas and uh, a few of them work out and then they're built upon by subsequent generations. So that's um, not the idea that there's some sort of gigantic absolute being that is realizing itself through history, that's a more traditional view of Hegel.
3: Hegel's view of history had a huge impact on the thinking of Karl Marx.
2: There are similarities in their diagnosis of the times. For both of them, dialectic basically just means looking at everything in time. This too shall pass. Nothing is eternal. From which it follows for Marx that capitalism is going to cease to exist someday, and the question is how? And then he thinks he can predict what's going to happen, and there'll be a revolution, and it'll go through various stages, and then you'll have this wonderful situation with the government withered away, and so forth. Hegel thinks everything is going to give way, and nothing is going to last forever, but he does not think the dialectics or anything else can tell you how that's going to happen.
3: Can we blame Hegel for having any part in what became communism or totalitarianism?
2: I don't know if you can pin it on him. I wouldn't like it if you could. (laughs) But, uh, you know, there's so many twists and turns from Hegel. Then you get Marx saying there's going to be a revolution, which Hegel doesn't try to say. And then you get Lenin trying to say this revolution can be steered and guided by a particular cadre of elite people. And then you've got Stalin taking over that cadre. And uh, I think there's a lot of jumps from Hegel to that.
3: What's Hegel best known for?
2: Uh, I think he's best known for his strenuous attempt to get an overview of the entire human enterprise. I mean, all of human history, art, religion, science, everything.
3: For Philosophy Talk, I'm Polly Stryker.
1: Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.